You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Hey guys, we were just so excited that we're dancing away with this new move that I'm calling the piano and then reach for the sky. You're playing the piano, then you reach for the sky. <laughs> guys, Bing is for doing, and we were doing the Revolution After Show, and I'm so excited. This episode was tons of fun. I had a it lot of fun awesome. watching it. Because trains are fun, apparently. That's oh. what I've learned. Okay, yes. I know I was a little bit critical last week with the episode, but this episode just blew my expectations out yeah, of the water. Yeah, there were a lot of I explosions. That... We know that, Kristen, okay? <laughs> no <laughs> pun intended. not a pun intended. <laughs> no, but seriously, there was new levels of intrigue. There was so much character development. And for Tom Neville's character, who I was in love with before anyway, we're starting Breaking off with Bad Fight Club. Here. Like, I mean, I just thought this was the best opener Brad as Pitt well. Brad Pitt fans here. <laughs> okay, so let's do some introductions, though. So, guys, sitting across from me, the ever-so-lovely Kristen Snyder. Hi, guys. What's up? And what a sexy voice there. And guys, Daryl Kristen <laughs> sitting right next to her. What's up, everybody? Even and sexier. A, a sexier. <laughs> Thank you. And look at that purple. Looks good on Thank you, man. Oh. Thank you. It's good Thank for you. those Thank who are you. watching. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And sitting it. next to me, the ever so lovely Kristen Carroll. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Getting sexier. I think purple would look better on you, though. I agree. Oh. Oh. I, think it would. Just, I agree. Hey, um, no problem. And guys, sadly, I am not Kristen. My name is Dave Klein, and that's why I am the black sheep in the group. The sexy. Dave Klein. The sexy, thank you. <laughs> Ever so sexy, guys. If you're not watching on YouTube, you should probably switch over. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Just watch on YouTube. Because as YouTube. you've heard here, we're all pretty sexy. Mm-hmm. All right. And in the booth, we have John, also super sexy. <laughs> What's up, everyone? What's up, John? What's up? Not this, unlike all the characters. I might have to take off some clothes here because this is getting hot. Yeah. I feel like everybody in there. Revolution took off their shirt at some point. Yeah, they yes, did. They did. Like, this was, see, this was actually transitioned to that. That's why we're doing that <laughs> to the point that Nora had her shirt off. We had um, Neville. Tom Neville with this shirt off mm-hmm. in the very first scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. we get that first scene, which is Captain Tom Neville having sort of the fight club, as Kristen <laughs> mentioned. Yes. And I just started boxing recently, <laughs> and I just want to throw out his form was a little off. Sorry, guys. His form was kind of off there. I have to throw it out okay, there. For an insurance agent, though, it sounds pretty good. Paper yeah. pushing to punching. I like it. But he's been doing that for a while, we found out. That's kind of his thing to blow off steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, he kind of challenges. He's, he's just having sort of a fight club, and he calls up Danny to the table to fight Danny. And Danny doesn't really want to fight back. And it's almost kind of reminiscent, when we find out later, sort of who Tom was in the past. That's kind of what it makes me think of. Who was Tom before Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. happened, before he had to sort of harden up? 
And that's kind of what Danny's acting like here. Yeah, speaking mm-hmm. to the character development for Neville, I feel like he's finally living out his true potential and exploring who he could be as a human being. So sort of an asshole as opposed to a nice guy. No, such a strong (laughs) guy. Yeah, I mean, I'll say asshole, yes, a little bit, but I think it's that syndrome of he was sort of abused Oppressed. sort of but with work and mm-hmm. the way that they treated him and then we see the scene with his neighbor he's taking it back out on everybody yeah. you know? so he's like kind of getting his inner badass like yeah. everybody else. <laughs> I think everyone has an inner badass. I think that's so. He the, found his. That's the moral of this episode, Soul Train. Yes. Yeah, which is the name of the episode, Soul Train. I wish they'd all gotten together and done a Soul Train dance like the TV show Soul Train. That would be great. That would have been amazing. But we instead they're that. fighting. They're doing the fight we club. Can do that. That's also why we're dancing at the beginning for Soul Train purposes. <laughs> oh, this is my train dance. That's a good point. All these connections going on, left and right. Well, we always say it's always the quiet ones and Neville... Neville's not quiet anymore. Right. I used yeah. to be very quiet. Well, and so. it, also ex- it also explains how. We- oh. oh. Yeah, some soul oh. train going on. Look at our soul train. I like it. Going on. Uh. Dave, what's yours like? Is that your soul train? Yes. <laughs> I think mine's like this locomotive. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of shoulder. A little shoulder. Sorry That's for you guys that can't see us dancing. Okay. Check us out on YouTube. I'll be interested to but see at the least comments you got the music. on YouTube. So, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about the flashback then. So we get that flashback where Tom Neville's we're seeing him working as an insurance salesman. And before, he was kind of hyping it up when he when he talks about now, like, oh, I was a great insurance salesman. I was just saw right through people. Mm-hmm. Not so much. It looks like he was kind of that nice guy who wanted to give someone a break. Like, the fire had, had destroyed someone's house, and he was trying to help these people out. And his boss fires him because they didn't have smoke insurance or some sort smoke of... Smoke alarms or something. Right, like sure. something that wasn't right, that Tom was just trying to be nice, but when you're working at an insurance company, that's how you lose money. Yeah. So they have to go to every extreme to make it like, oh, well, what policy did you not quite have that right. you should have had? The cool thing I liked that he brought up was you don't remember banks, you don't know what that was like, and that he never saw his money, and we kind of really don't either. We just use plastic, you know, so that was a really interesting point. It's funny. I think about that a lot, not mm-hmm. even because of the show. It's something I think about where I get my my check every couple weeks, and I, I don't see it at all. It goes straight to my bank. So I'm just like, I'm kind of like just have this one card, and I know how much money I have, but in a sense, I don't see it. So how yeah. much money do I have? Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> but we see him in this state beforehand where he really was just a really nice guy and, and kind of a bit of a pussy. Sorry, yeah. but he... Oh, are you allowed to say that guy. word? I mean, they're throwing out TV. bitches. They're throwing out dicks. I mean, I think I can say it, okay? We need, like, pennies. You need to pay for those, Dave. We'll have a jar pennies? next week. Every <laughs> how time much, so that's how much swears. you think I make, apparently, how much I really have in the bank. It's just pennies there. Do you, don't, you don't even have pennies. You just have a debit card. That's true. I can't even do that. I don't have it. Just throw your debit card in. We'll but go it, to lunch. But it also explains oh. kind of the, the last couple of weeks of how we've seen Neville's character. Mm-hmm. We see that he has this edge, but there's something about him that's still sort of sensitive. Right. So and that explains... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so let's explore those flashbacks then. And the flashback afterwards we get is him going home. And he he's going home. He's kind of a good dad. But we also see his douchey neighbor who's mm-hmm. having a yeah. rager going on next door. And he's just trying to be a typical dad. like Not like, hey, stop partying because you're having fun. But, hey, I have a kid who can't sleep because you're partying. Can you please turn it down a bit? And the guy's like, brah, nah, nah, brah. 
That's in my, in my head how he sounded. <laughs> but the guy, the guy refuses to do it. And, and you think, even though it's kind of a dick move in a way, you'd think he'd call the cops or something and call yeah. for a noise violation. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything. He's just like, oh, okay, whatever. And goes in to greet his kid, but he looks like a really nice dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he goes immediately downstairs to the basement to blow off some steam and start hitting the punching bag. And uh, he's just going furiously at it, and his kid comes to spot him doing this and punching at the punching bag and he tells his kid uh quote which is that we son we don't hit hit people we only hit the bag right Mm -hmm. so before everything happens his philosophy is we don't hit people we only hit the bag Mm -hmm. so he he does use it for blowing off steam but in a very non-violent way right which we've already found out from the fight club thing not so much anymore no. And I also wonder if he didn't take on Danny in the fight club, because if you noticed all the people that kind of was giving him problems in the flashback, they were all a lot younger than him. <laughs> this, I'm passing notes. This is a secret note. What are we in high school? Note. What is going passing. on right now? <laughs> I had a really interesting point I wanted to bring up. So, um, I'm lost now. Thought. I'm just totally no, lost. You're, no, you're talking but, okay, about... Okay, so now you... you Daryl actually points something out at this point, which is he uh, observed, and we want to give him props for this, that who was this son who was watching? Nate. Well, this is the thing. When we were watching at the top of the show, I was just... I noticed that they've never really given a backstory on Nate, and we don't know his real name. Mm -hmm. And then their focus today was a lot on Jason, Neville's young son. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at the similarities. I was like, wouldn't this be interesting if this actually was his son, which we later find out it is. But it it just... it seemed to all kind of add up today. It, it hasn't triggered before this week, but today it kind of all added up to me. Yeah, that. you definitely called it. Yeah, and we then, need an applause, actually. Yeah, we do. I wanted to use an imprediction. Oh, yeah, well, but thank this you. was... Thank you. This was right when we see this son. Daryl's like, that looks like Nate. Yeah, and I didn't see it until Slash you Jason. said that, but yeah. Well, all the kids out. that they've hired look like the, the great older casting. Done that. Their it, great. The show, yeah. it makes show sense. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I did have something I wanted to bring up. When he when Neville and, and Danny were fighting, I was surprised that Danny wasn't fighting back, though, because mm-hmm. we've seen him fight before. Yeah. So why today, in or when we're watching the episode in the fight club situation, he didn't... Even even, he didn't have the he, he didn't have the balls to hit Neville back because tonight. Daryl Fight Club is just wrong. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think after he, was he gets intimidated hit, after he gets hit though, it looks like he he does kind of buckle up and try to. But then it's just Neville is a good fighter. Okay. So I think actually he was breaking him in though because at first Danny didn't want to, and then after Neville tried to make him stronger and gave him a few hits, then suddenly he kind of wanted to fight, which is what True. Neville wants. He wants to break Danny so that Danny will kind of be one of his little soldiers. And it's also that thing that we get from that flashback where we, we also saw it from previous episodes where Neville compares Danny. You remind me of my son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see in these flashbacks after everything goes to hell, he's telling his son, "You need to." Harden up for time so we can survive. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of taking on that son mentality right. with yeah. him. That's a that's great a good, point. That's a good point. So, and good point bouncing off you, Kristen. So <laughs> let's then move on to that's the scene afterwards with them kind of. Danny's in the cell and he is not too happy with Monroe for beating him up. And Monroe's kind of telling that line that Kristen talked about with banks, and there's there's nothing that, you know, you never see your money. And Danny's sick of his weird speeches and mind games. <laughs> I and love that. And he tells that. him to shut up. 
I love that Danny <laughs> stepped up and said that. I was like, yeah, Danny's finally becoming Danny. So maybe that worked. Maybe breaking his nose uh, actually is making him step up because I definitely saw a stronger Danny this episode, which I was happy about because I know it's in him. I mean, mm-hmm. he was raised in the wilderness. He should be stronger than any of these characters who are coming out of their bank jobs. Yeah. Well, then also Danny knows that Neville can't kill him. Right. So yeah. he's calling his bluff, saying mm-hmm. saying these things to him, and he knows that he's going to make his way on this train. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's very true. I yeah. would I would start mouthing off a little bit too if I knew that I had I was going to survive. Yeah, yeah, he knows he's needed. So yeah. All right, so let's jump on then to the a, to kind of the A story here that we have, which is Aaron and Charlie and them looking mm-hmm. for Danny, who they've. They've now reached Noblesville at this point. And Aaron and Charlie are there. Not they haven't reached there, but, you know, Danny had. So Aaron and Charlie are looking over Maggie's tomb and grave. And Miles just wants to leave. He's like, they've had 10, 15 minutes. They've had enough time. I think it was 30, maybe. Let's get out of here. 30 minutes. Let's get out. So Miles is once again being kind of unsympathetic. Although, can I just say with that, she took a lot, Charlie took a lot more time Mm -hmm. to grieve over Maggie than she did for her dad, Ben. Because she That's was in revenge point. mode, she's like, "Let me just get some revenge." Yeah. But still, she's so she's so much closer to Danny than than before. And before, she's just like, "Let's just go." And then all of a sudden, now Maggie, she's like, well, "Let's sit here and wait." And yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I feel to like me. maybe she's reflecting on not just Maggie's death now, but maybe everyone just else everybody. that she's lost too. And so, which with each punch, you know, it mm-hmm. gets more sore. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of with Miles on this. I'm like, well, just you, you got to keep going. You're so close. Yeah. yeah, and I also think that as she kind of expressed last episode, I think that she gave Maggie such a hard time that mm-hmm. she that was in her inner reflection of, right. of wanting to kind of reconcile a little bit more, reconcile with mm-hmm. her. So yeah, that makes sense, guys. So after this scene, they end up coming to Noblesville, and Nate is locked up in a cage. And I thought this was kind of funny, I guess, because Miles, uh, so Miles is like talking about, they're kind of talking about where Danny would be. And they're like, where could Danny possibly be? And Miles says, they'd lock him up in a cell. That's what I do. <laughs> and it's funny because sitting right there in a cell right. is Nate slash Jason. Yeah. So um, apparently that is exactly what he would do. And we see it. Yeah. He's true to his word. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. They need to, they just, they're like, they're in Noblesville, they know they're in the right place, so they need to search for Danny. Mm-hmm. And they're ready to kind of head off and do it. And Nora decides to kind of go off on her own at this point. And Nora, she's goes to a place where a guy named Hutch is, and she tells him that she's, him, that she's looking for the biography of Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> of all I that people. Was hilarious. Okay. Code? <laughs> Are they trying to give us some political statements right now in the show? Like, sway us a certain way? This episode was brought to you by... <laughs> right. It was brought to you by Joe Biden. I don't know. I'm Joe Biden. I approve this episode. Because that is the code... <laughs> that is apparently the code for the rebels. Is yes. The biography of Joe Biden. <laughs> of all things. Of all things. Does that even exist? I don't... I don't. There's probably one. If there's not one now, there will be. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In 15 years and the power goes out. Yeah. People will be like, you people know what? have time to write. Exactly. I feel like I got to write this biography now 15, with the power out. You know, that brings up an interesting point. Like, I want to see the culture. I want to see the music. Like, I want to see people playing music and what kind of music is 15 years after all the power has gone out. And it's like this techno world is over, you know, and we kind of go back to folk music or what kind of music emerges? Irish Are folk people... music because it's awesome. 
are people painting? Are people writing? Yes. Like I know everyone's sort of tracking down their food and whatnot, but some people have got to, they've got to be expressing their self and feeding their soul in some way. And I hope that we get to see that culture. We're finding a lot of blues actually, <laughs> a lot of blues music, or a lot of freestyle rapping. Yeah, or freestyle <laughs> rapping. But that's or, a huge part of exist. every society, and I'm just really curious to stumble upon it. I feel like they've got to come in their travels to one happy society who has formed a utopia, sort of. I'm hoping for that. And they're just kind of happy and they found some joy in yeah. this powerless society. I mean, I guess that's kind of like what the goal of everyone is, is to try and find and create that utopia at this mm-hmm. point. Because we are 15 years in the future and they're ready to start rebuilding. And especially the new, yeah. like the new generation who grew up that way. They aren't as hard as we see, like Miles became hard. We saw Monro- or Monroe's become hard. Tom Neville's become hard. But the new generation, like Nate, Charlie, Danny, they're all... They haven't lost they haven't, as much. Right. So they're mm-hmm. ready to kind of rebuild and start being friends again, and they're not as hating towards each other. That's a great point, Dave, because the children aren't at each other's necks. Right. They're kind of together, which is really interesting. So perhaps if this happened to our generation and we had kids, our kids would all love each other again and society would re-evolve. Right. It'd just be like kind of getting through that initial point of surviving and the shock. And once you get through that right. shock wave, things can the rise again. The next generation that has an experience to that could re-evolve. Right. That's a good point. And work together. So Nora, though, she's at this point and she wants to blow up the train. That is her goal. And Hush is like, all right, I'm all for it. He's totally <laughs> for it. And she's like, so where are the others? And Hutch is the only rebel left. Even his beloved wife has died. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. we find out is his true motivation before to do, it. To do yeah. anything, really. Yeah. Well, everybody he, he trusted is gone. That's got to be yeah. really tough. And here comes somebody that has revenge. And when you've lost everything, you can kind of see where he, he goes towards that route. I, yeah. get, I get the crazy. <laughs> crazy with intention. So, so we get... <laughs> so, Intentionally crazy? So we get Nora and Hutch coming in together to go work on the bomb and plan out some schematics, because it's a fun word to say. Nice. They, they get out some schematics and start plotting out making this bomb, and Nora, as we know, is the expert at explosives. She's kind of explaining how it's going to work. I'm interested to see her background. Like, how is she an expert in explosives? Have we, have we gotten any of that yet? No. Baby, no. she was born this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Somebody's been reference. listening to gay Lady Gaga over here. <laughs> Lady what? Okay. <laughs> I heard someone else talking online about how all these characters would walk 5,000 miles. <laughs> would walk 500 Wait, we don't have the rights to this song. You have to stop singing this right now. Um, Maybe someone with a better We're very voice. musical tonight. We are. Yeah. We're very musical and dancing tonight. It's a we fun are. night. That's because you know yeah. why? I feel like the, our reflection from the episode really stirred us up and got our adrenaline going because I was excited watching this episode and I feel like the show is going to reflect in our show. I'm always excited when there's bombs. Yeah. That's just a general thing. My mom watched the show tonight for like the first time and she was like, it was so violent. I didn't know what was going on. It was too this violent. This was really one and of the less like, violent awesome. episodes, though, when you really think about it. I don't know. I thought it was There weren't as many sword more. stabbings and deaths as the previous episodes. Maybe because it was a little bit more brutal. Where yeah, it was, was, say, it was yeah. personal. It wasn't just somebody that they were shooting from the roof. That's a great point. But it we didn't have personal. a cannibal this time, though. 
It's personal. No cannibals, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just, it was more physically brutal. I just time. really like that this world is getting more chaotic. Yeah. Because that's how it should be. Well, especially I, when Nora got stabbed, I did not see that coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and let's talk about that whole little scene there in mm-hmm. that exchange where they, they finished making the bomb and they've already planted it. And as the train is off and heading out, Nora has a change of heart because she sees both Captain Tom Neville there but also Danny Danny. and she realizes you know what I did make this promise Mm -hmm. I can't do this and she wants to go run off and Hutch is like we gotta make this happen and just stabs her right away he's like you were right before no matter what we have to do this and And it's for his wife and where did he disappear to? He's just gone. He's like, man, I he stabbed her, and I know Miles. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. He went right I back to the little place with the biography. He was he's rewriting the biography. <laughs> he's the one who wrote it, actually. Well, I also think with Nora too. We saw earlier that she was protective over because because of her son that she lost, yeah. her child, and probably seeing Danny and how young he is, she felt like this also protective. Over, over protectiveness, I guess. Yeah, that's a word. Um, over him as well. Yeah, and she. I mean, she's rolling with with Charlie and Miles, and I think she feels the compassion there for the love that Charlie has for her brother mm-hmm. as well. You yeah, know? I think that plays a big part into it. So let's then jump on the point where Charlie, the, the groups kind of collide here. So we have Charlie running into Captain Tom Neville, and really, they didn't recognize each other. I, I, I thought about Okay, that. you know what? I, I'm okay with suspending my disbelief. But she this wasn't was, there, though. No, she didn't meet him. In the him. beginning, remember? Mm-hmm. She was on Was she the, not at all that whole time? She was no. with her uh, Return the of the Ferris Jedi. Week. Yes, on the Ferris wheel. Oh, I thought, right. Okay, I thought yeah. she caught them at the end while they were heading off. They'd yeah. already left. Yeah. yeah. And we're getting lots of, like, amusement parks, Ferris wheels. I mean, they're just all over the place, which I like, personally. Well, let me say my bad, then. My bad. I thought they had seen each other, so I was He's like, really? a bad boy, Dave. So bad. Watch out. So, Daryl, how are you? Doing so, over there. anyway, All right, back so to revolution. basically, <laughs> she, she's she says she's spying to him, and she kind of catches herself and says that she's mm-hmm. spying on. She thinks her boyfriend is cheating on her. That was smart, by the yeah, way. Yeah, very that. smart. And she does that little like glance to the window. And we got that nice reflection, mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, nice camera angle. Played off very like well. I well, think she actually fooled there. him until she started tailing him. And right. That didn't go over well. Until the second yeah. tail, that which then Miles is there to save the day. And and Miles and Tom have a history. Miles mm-hmm. is like, well, hey, how's the wife? And he, and then he responds, how's the nephew? And I, I think nephew, so Danny, clearly they know. And mm-hmm. Miles wants to make a trade, Nate for Danny. And here we have kind of Tom playing coy there. But I, I guess, like, I think Miles would know. I, I assume that Miles would know that Nate is... This I person. don't know though or because maybe, he's been so secretive about it. Would he mm-hmm. have told too many people about the fact that his son was there if if Jason is calling himself Nate? But they seem to we, know each other so they seem to know each other so well yeah. that we also have that exchange where Tom hugs his wife yeah, with Jason point. there. And and the point that they would know each other that well. I'd imagine that maybe Miles did know. I don't know why he wouldn't have revealed it at that point if he had known. He he does certainly act like the whole time he doesn't know, but I feel like he must have known. That's or, or maybe there's a period, which we'll find out later, that Nate, a.k.a. Jason, was gone from Neville. You know, Right. We're, right. We're, we're, I, we don't know yet, but maybe there's a point where in within that disappearance period that mm-hmm. Miles yeah. think, doesn't realize that this is I mean, is I guess son. we don't know the timeline of when Miles left. I was just right. going to say yeah. that. So it right. could have been like he's grown up. He, he is 
maybe around 18 or 20 mm-hmm. or th- yeah. at this point. So maybe, maybe he was still in training camp. Yeah. So is that yeah, they enough want him with, in the militia while, while Malice was still around? Can I just say the highlight of this show was this one line that Tom Neville says? He says to, he was, it's when he was <laughs> talking to Miles. Yeah. And I'm going to save this um, oh, for yeah. myself. He says, I'm not going to spread my legs and show you everything. <laughs> and I'm going to be using that in the future. <laughs> well, all righty then. It's hot in here. I felt like I he had a water. lot of great lines, right? I like the exchange. I thought it was a little cheesy, but I loved it. Especially when uh, Miles. When Miles goes, yeah. I got to go, Tom. And Tom goes, you just got here. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and I thought that was great. It, it kind of, I like that about the show. I think it knows that at a certain point it's being a little cheesy with the lines. I like yeah. that, yeah. Which I love. That's not a diss. Yeah. I like it. When Miles was describing Nate, he was like, the guy with the short hair and the shirt too tight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty was, funny, especially because... Yeah. Um, at least I have to say, like, oh, they all wear muscle shirts, apparently. They've right. got it pretty tailored up there. This episode was very sexy, even in its lingo. It's, yes, especially I, I just lingo. didn't like the little creepy exchange between Neville and Charlie when he said to her, if, you're, mm. if your boyfriend, <laughs> what does he say? He says, if your boyfriend is cheating on you, he's a fool. Yeah. But the way he said it was, yeah, like, he said it, it was kind of creepy. That boy's a fool if he's two-timing you. Uh, yeah, that yeah, like nice I wrote father. that down because yeah. that creeped me out a it's little bit creepy. too. It's funny because that could be such a nice thing to say to somebody too. <laughs> yeah. But the way that he says it <laughs> I don't is know. in a creepy way. Yeah, because no, it's like, like I haven't seen my wife in a while. Yeah, that's what came off. Yeah, that's why I was. No, but I'm saying like the way you say it is what made it creepy. Like he could have said it in a way that made it not so creepy, but he said it in such a creepy way. The link. Just, it kind yeah. of raised his eyebrow and a little bit. It did. Mm-hmm. An odd acting choice. Maybe he suspected that she was following him at that point. Let me. I'll assume that. Because he can tell people from his insurance days. Yes. <laughs> so, Tom said... So, during this exchange, though, with Tom and Miles, Tom asked, why did you leave? And Miles just doesn't respond. And they end up kind of just leaving each other. They don't fight it out to the death, which mm-hmm. I, I was a little surprised by. But I guess <laughs> it's kind of the whole thing with Miles also didn't fight to the death with... The, Jeremy. With Jeremy from the week prior. Yeah, that's true. So I guess he's still, apparently the only person he has a vendetta against, we kind of come to find out at the end of the episode, is Monroe. Which yeah. is still his best friend, and he, I don't feel like he wants to actually kill off any of these guys. Yeah, it's, it seems like the only person he really seems to have a distaste for is Monroe. For whatever reason, there's a falling out. But, but everybody else, I still else, don't think he, he, he hates them. I don't think that he still wants to kill Monroe. I think he thinks that he has to to stop him, but I don't think he wants to. Maybe he doesn't want to kill the people that he knows because he helped make them who they are now. Exactly, and he feels that's a great point, guilt, But Monroe was there from the beginning, so that I don't He's think he feels as guilty. I would agree with that. Exactly, yeah. that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yes. Like, yeah, it you would can't kill your like kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. After this little exchange, um, we kind of come back to the camps, and Aaron is hanging out, staring at it, the pendant, and sort of has a little tumble there. And the pendant falls mm-hmm. over, and Nate gets a hold of it. And Aaron comes up with a quick on-the-spot excuse, which is a smart one. He says, that belonged to my wife. It was really important to me. So Nate gives it back. But he was kind of sweating it out there. He's Everyone thinking pretty. on their feet. Yeah. He was definitely sweating it out, though. If so, you're jailed, though, in a cage, are you going to give that pendant back? I mean, he well, wants points with Charlie. He wants points with Charlie, but here's Charlie my thing there, now, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but you guys tell me. 
if he's now Jason, who we know, mm-hmm. doesn't he sort of know about the pendants? No, no they don't. No. Oh, he doesn't know. Right. You're right. You're because right. that's the whole thing with Monroe yeah, is right. trying to figure that you're out. Right. He doesn't know. You're right. So they um so after that whole thing, he gets it back, and the whole group kind of comes back. And Miles is pissed at Charlie for blowing the surprise, and. And he's sort of right there. He's definitely right. Like, that was the one big advantage they had was that surprise. And Charlie kind of comes out and says, hey, I remember this one time when I was four years old when you drove me in your car. What happened to that guy? You were such a nice guy. The tape deck. And the tape deck. She remembers the tape deck. Yeah, she remembers the tape deck. And also before that, it was funny, like, right when, right when, um, she starts like saying this memory. I remember this one time. I remember you. And Kristen goes, "How would she know?" And it's immediately afterwards, <laughs> the immediately was, afterwards, the line from Miles was, "How, do you how know? could you know?" Yeah. <laughs> so genius. It was pretty funny. It was yeah. exactly what Kristen said. But then she's kind of explaining, "I do have this memory. What happened to that guy?" And he says, "He's dead. Yeah. That guy is dead. He's no longer here." What do you guys think? Do you think he's dead, or do you think that guy is just very deep buried beneath the surface? Well, he says later that it is he's still there, just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm underneath. There. I mean, I think it's when you get any sort of scars, you have a lot of scars that kind of build on top of and layer over who you really are. So right. deep underneath, he is that guy, but he has so many scars on top yeah. that. It just sort of keeps continuously building a wall after wall after wall. And and I think we see that he, that guy is not really dead because if he was dead, he wouldn't be helping Charlie out because, you know, mm-hmm. it started with at the bar in Chicago. I mean, he he clearly still has that side of him that wants to help. And I feel like Charlie just doesn't notice sometimes <laughs> yeah. that he yeah. is still there. He yeah. is still trying to help even though he's coming off the way he is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Miles represents a large... portion of our society who doesn't really see family as important anymore as they used to and that they don't sort of own owe their family anything i feel like that's a lot of our society especially people who just kind of run off to la not saying any of us but you know we kind of do leave our families but we do kind of leave our families to kind of live our own life and go off independently and not us but i i feel like a lot of people like don't like their family don't they don't associate with them and they're yeah. like i don't owe them anything yeah and i maintain a strong relationship with my family but i feel like he's sort of evolving but do miles. you owe them anything i definitely do <laughs> i owe them a lot of thanks for everything for bringing me up to be such an independent young lady yeah. but getting back to revolution i just feel like he represents a part of society who does need to evolve and remember their family then at the end of the day, remember that at the end of the day, you do just have your family and yeah. you do just have these people who are who you are blood related to who will stick by your side no matter what. So I think he represents a strong portion of our society that needs to re-evolve. But you think he kind of pushes them away, though, to keep them safe in one way? Because we don't know why he brought Rachel into the militia anyways. Maybe somebody else was going to do something. We don't know what his motivation was for that because he seemed to actually have a halfway decent relationship with Ben. He was talking to him on the phone yeah. earlier. Yeah. And you know, people that he trusted, his best friend turned on him. So maybe he has, well, obviously he has trust issues. And I mean, at the beginning too, it yeah. seems like the whole reason Miles didn't want to help was he knows he's bad news too. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems like he maybe felt like he'd be a hindrance. Because the only thing he's good at is killing. And, and, I, that's and it. I also, yeah, that's true. And I also think that he knows that Charlie is going to go find her brother regardless, and she can't do it by herself. Mm-hmm. She, it, she needs him. You know, I mean, they need mm-hmm. each other in this particular. Yeah. 
way of getting Danny back. So. Well, I feel like a lot of people don't feel like their families need them, but at the end of the day, even if you consider yourself bad news, your family needs you. That's my message of today. Yeah. <laughs> so... Let me jump on to the whole Tom thing here real quick. We get a brief scene with Tom wanting to leave and head out from the bank, which is kind of important later on. So in between here, we get, we get Tom after Charlie spots him. He's like, we got to go somewhere more secure. So they head out. And then we come back to Charlie has now discovered and is pissed that Nora's trying to blow up a train. And she's like, what is going on here? Yeah. So she turns to Nate for help. And Nate says, I can't help you. So Charlie's like, well, then I can't help you, and unleashes the hounds. Oh, I loved that part miles. from her. But, man, that boy can jump. Yeah, he can jump. <laughs> I but was it just makes thinking, sense. like, Nate is a good climber with having handcuff <laughs> cuffs on. He's a good handcuff climber. Yeah. I was impressed by Miles' handcuff moves, but but Nate, that, yeah. that, had, that had height to it. I yeah. feel like Nate was just letting himself be captured to be close to Charlie all that Probably. time. Because clearly, as we can see, he could have gotten away if he chose to. And clearly he's trained in parkour, too. That survives. <laughs> parkour survives it the revolution. Survive. So Nate gets away, and they run outside to find him, and they just cannot at all. He's gone. He's gone and away. So we then get them searching the bank. They find the bank, that, and it's, it's gone, and Miles was right. So Miles is like, what do you know? The bank, this is the secure place, and they were correct about where it was. And we then get back to... Sebastian, or, um, to Tom Neville. And Tom Neville is heading to Philadelphia, which we find out is where everything's located. That's where Monroe is located. And they're off. The whistles are blowing. And that is when um, they kind of spot the train <coughs> and try to get onto it. And it doesn't quite work out. does not. So <laughs> they and Charlie, Miles, and Aaron end up running to Nora at this point. And, and that's after Nora's been stabbed. And she says... The bomb's on the train. You guys have to go get it. And they kind of take a moment there instead of running off (laughs) after the train right away. And that is when Miles spots some fine horses. And I don't know if they bought the horses. I don't know if they stole the horses. They definitely stole them. Apparently they just kind of steal the horses, gloss over that. But they have the horses, and they're riding the horses towards the train. Again, very... Wild Wild West to me, which Maybe is great. Maybe they just borrowed them because the horses were gone later. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. something I want to point out is finally... They didn't have time for that <laughs> conversation. Finally, uh, Miles lets Charlie go on this crusade with him, and that's really what you have to do. Even later on, Nora says, nice, nice job, coach, because that's all he had to do. Rather than tell her, stay here, stop crying, stay here, no, you've been a bad kid. Like, rather than do that, like, show your kids why, you know, let Charlie go with you. Let her experience getting hit and punched in the face. Like, get, let her get some scars so that she can get strong. Yeah. If you just keep them in the corner, they're never going to get stronger. How very Tom Neville of you. That is very Tom <laughs> Neville of you. Okay, but that's what Miles had to do with Charlie, you know? I totally am for that. Throw your kids in the ocean. <laughs> there we go. Pull their head underwater. <laughs> no, no, seriously, though, we are, like, the only mammal that keeps their children to the age of 25. Like, every other mammal and species out there, like makes their their children even ducks like they throw their You're their babies in the water 25 that's, <laughs> that's an old age and they make them swim no i'm just saying i feel like a lot of people our age 25 or younger or a little older are still like being taken care of by their parents and here it's like yes in order to make a person stronger and to make charlie be a leader you just needed to let her see some action yeah. rather than keeping her caged up what sort of action 
You know what? You know what kind of action on me. Here we go. Once again, hi, Krista. How are you doing today? You're looking fine in your purple. So we have this train chase, and Miles ends up jumping on, helping Charlie on with the horses, and a lot of fun action there. So Miles, they split off. Miles is going to go look for the bomb. Charlie's going to go look for Aaron. So Charlie spots Aaron, and she she finds him, and. Aaron kind of or Danny I don't know why I'm saying Aaron Danny Charlie's looking I think it's because Aaron wasn't there Right. Aaron wasn't yeah. there but Charlie's looking for Danny Charlie spots Danny and they kind of have this exchange this glance acknowledgement that Tom notices because it's a little bit too long it's very, well it's twice and, and, and Danny was super obvious I was like play it off a little bit Mr. Yeah, Captain Obvious exactly. Jeez. yeah like do one glance and then don't look back he was like glaring in the back of the train I'm like what is going on here oh hi there Dale. hey there it'd be pretty hard to hide it's not like he was expecting her hasn't seen her for a while I totally understand the double take <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I do I do double takes myself Hmm. All day. I guess I would know that she's about to try and save me, so I better play this off pretty well. Like, mm-hmm. even if you notice her, like, okay, let me get back to whatever I was yeah, doing. I think or be like, she just needs to, you know, do the quiet yeah, sign yeah, or point something. to him I, to look away. But she was staring, too. And, and granted, they haven't seen each other in a while, and they're both alive, and that's great. But Tom Neville... He's he's on it. Yeah. He's gonna see it. I, I would imagine it's like an initial double take, like, oh, you're there, and then kind of like play it off cool. But regardless, they they <laughs> pretty much quickly go into it where Danny jumps on to Neville. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting pushed off as Charlie comes in, and Charlie for some reason decides not to use her crossbow, yeah, I don't know which why. he has at a range, but runs at him with a knife. Know your strengths, Charlie. Crossbow. That is her strength. <laughs> well, Miles also is keeps the sword the strength. Distance from yeah. there, she already saw that he can pin people. Yeah. He saw it with, with his fight with Miles. You should you should crossbow. I mean, girls in general yeah. don't, you know, the guy's going to overpower you, so the knife, probably not the best choice if you're going up against a big male. Yeah. Yeah, so crossbow's the way to go. Which she has with Keep her, too. I, when I saw that she had the crossbow, I thought we were going to see some crossbow action <laughs> when she was climbing on the train. But still, they have this big fight, and meanwhile, Miles is fighting in, with the guy up front who is about to shovel Colt or shovel the uh, bomb into the, the, bomb fire. Into the fire. So yeah. he throws it off, it blows up, and he does it just in time. Yeah. And then he <laughs> kind of runs into to try and help out. And it looks like they're going to get away for a second. And just as they're about to get away, Nate grabs Charlie, and he ends up kind of helping out Tom Neville there. And Nate, I keep calling him Nate. His name is Jason. So Now it's Jason. Nate's well, now it's Jason. We can I, retire yeah. Nate. So Jason grabs... Um, grabs Danny, and I just want to say I called that last week. That was my prediction for the entire episode. You deserve an applause. I'm just saying. I'll give you one, Dave. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so Jason is at this point stops it from happening, and we get Tom wants Charlie, but we see Jason. He does have feelings for Charlie. He's not going to just give her over. He kind of just throws her off there. Yeah. And to save her, it's not like he doesn't really have an option at that point. It's either betray his father. He kind of does betray his father, but oh, it's like sure. he, yeah, otherwise definitely. she dies. So he does want to save her. He does clearly have feelings for her, but he just can't at this point betray his father mm-hmm. and the militia. And Miles sees Charlie being thrown off, so he too jumps off of the train. And Well, he also sees Jason with a bunch of militia guys with guns staring at him yeah. like, 
I, I dare you yeah. to try something, Miles. So he goes off after Charlie. And yeah. then doesn't and Neville gives uh, gives Jason a line like I want the girl or I told you I wanted the girl or mm-hmm. something like that. So I mean we definitely saw that he you know, he's he's rebelling against his father for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So we do get though that, that romance again, that we get that inner struggle that we're going to probably see throughout the season with Jason where do I choose the militia or do I choose Charlie? And hopefully for him, he'll somehow get to choose both in a way. But I don't know if that's going to happen for him. And he'll probably choose Charlie. So I'm going well, to save it for my picture. prediction. So they end up kind of, they get away. And the whole group kind of comes together again. And we get this little exchange with, um, with Charlie. And Nora's doing a little bit better. Not so much better as we find out, but Nora's doing better. She's happy that Miles got to the bomb in time. And Miles comes to talk to Charlie and says, Hey, so that guy, that uncle you had that you knew, he's not dead. I just can't be him right now. It just doesn't work right now. I liked hearing that. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. So he finally does open up to her and she's like, she I don't want to hear down. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen when she finds out that he's the reason that her mom was taken from her and also that she's still alive? Do you guys think Miles knows that her mom is still alive and he's just letting her believe that her mother's dead? Well, I don't know if she said sure. that her at any point to Miles, my mom is dead. I don't know if she's ever necessarily brought that up to him. Like I don't uh, recall that. I feel like she's referred to it. I think she. I think she did. I think she referred to her being dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and do you think Miles knows that she's alive? Because maybe Monroe played it off that that Rachel is dead. Right. So maybe that's another guilt factor that Miles. But at one point, has. I remember Miles saying um, that he wasn't responsible for whatever happened to her mother. So wouldn't if he said that your mother died? Maybe he just doesn't want to reveal it at that point. He's mm-hmm. still... Because he doesn't know what's going to happen, and maybe he almost thinks it's better that Charlie doesn't know, mm-hmm. and he might be protecting mm-hmm. her for some reason. Like, thinks it, it'd be more painful for her to know what's really going on, or he doesn't want her chasing after her mother or something to that extent. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that just going to be a very interesting battle once she finds yes. out. I mean, out. I guess it also depends on how she finds it out, too, because will she find out after... Because we still haven't gotten the reveal of why Miles did it, so maybe we'll mm-hmm. also get the reveal at that point why he chose to do it, and it'll make a lot more sense, mm-hmm. where it's not as horrible of a reason. So that will... You're right, though. That will be definitely an interesting exchange to see. Yeah, this show's doing a great job of setting up all these future collides that Mm -hmm. we're going to get to see. And, like, I feel like finally um, characters came together in this episode, which kind of perhaps is due to why it's such an excellent episode because, you know, all these characters that were sort of not together were kind of united and they met up with Neville and Miles kind of came to a head mm-hmm. at this point and I really liked that collision yeah. and when that that's going to keep happening as characters unite and I think that's where a lot of the drama and violence is going to kick in. And I feel like we're finally getting to a point too with the flashbacks where we are, especially with Neville here, where we're mm-hmm. finally starting to, okay, I, I'm starting to finally care about these characters. Yeah, right. for sure. And we're getting to a point where, okay, I feel like I know these characters enough to start caring about them and what happens to them. So that's definitely also helping too. Like, I, I do kind of care for Tom. I want to know what's going to happen. I and now I've, I know why he acts the way he yeah. acts. So yeah, it definitely I, makes I you grow an empathy for him. Yeah, I understand him a lot more now. Um, and so then the episode ends with 
um, him coming to his family. And we do get that big reveal of Jason being the son. And also that Neville's wife is still alive. Which Jim Raver. She right. finally appeared. We saw that so on News and Gossip. I kind of thought here. she was going to maybe end up dead or something. That would also fuel who he's turned into. But apparently he, she is still alive. Yeah. And his son, Jason. So before we go on and talk about Captain Sebastian Monroe and Rachel, I do want to mention, guys, that we would love your feedback in any way possible. We love getting, we love hearing from you guys. So either on YouTube, if you comment or rate us, we love seeing it. We do read all of them on iTunes. Do comment and rate us. We read all of them. And also, guys, check out the live show and you can call in. We love getting those too. Yeah. And... After Buzz has tons of other shows that you can listen to for whatever you watch. I know Daryl, Kristen, and I all do Walking Dead together if you want to watch that. It just started last night. Awesome episode. You should check it out. Mm -hmm. And also tons of other shows. Once Upon a Time. You've got Revenge. You've got Homeland. So a lot of big shows. There are after shows for all of your favorite shows. So check them out. Except for Strike Back, which I love. And maybe I should (laughs) do that after show because it's my favorite show on TV right now. But... Oh, really? Yeah, Strike Back is amazing. It's on Cinemax. It's a British show. So yeah, no, I've, I've, I've seen it. I just it's don't such Cinemax. a good show. But let's jump on to the Monroe and Monroe's militia. So we get Monroe's hanging out with Rachel the whole time in this episode in his sort of government office area, which is what I'm going to call it. It's like kind of their capital mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. So he's hanging out with Rachel, and he's kind of using that whole threat to her about... Danny, and it really is getting to her. We're seeing that she does care about her son, regardless of leaving him for whatever reason she did, which probably was to protect them. Right. Mm -hmm. Or something to save the kids. This is what's getting to her. And it's not until later on when she finally sees him unloaded and that he has an injury. That is what finally makes her break. She's like, he looks hurt. He's not just bluffing. She sees Danny, and she reveals that... The pendants are there. She There's reveals that they were pendants. There and are if you, twelve. You know, bring them all together, it can turn back the power. And she was working on the design too. And for those of you taking count at home, we've spotted three pendants so far. We've got the pendant with Aaron mm-hmm. slash Ben. We've got the pendant that was with um, Grace. Grace, mm-hmm. and then we've got the pendant that was with our big Randall. mysterious bad guy, Randall. Randall. Who, who I, I really want to see what's going to happen that's with him. I was going to see more of him. I read. We are. There's going to be a big storyline yeah. for that. Because we haven't seen him for a couple episodes now, and I'm just like, where did Randall go? I want to know what's going on with Randall. <laughs> yeah. But, well, apparently we're going to see a lot more of Randall and Grace soon. Yeah. So. But something that I, I didn't realize was that it wasn't just that Rachel knew. I mean, obviously she knew what Ben was doing, but it wasn't just that. She was also integral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to everything in some sort of way. And she hasn't quite, at this episode, revealed everything. She only revealed the pendants, and that was the power. So she hasn't even revealed her entire a part of how she's somehow involved and why she's involved. Mm-hmm. So we didn't quite get that. But maybe she's not just a housewife or whatever her job was. She's also somehow involved in the government, too. It has to be more to it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah. But let's um let's jump on some... News and gossip. After Buzz TV News. All right. Well, I have from EW.com. 
It's uh, it's about Eric Kripke, actually. He's speaking about um, the, the cause of the blackout for a revolution. Eric says in the article, the cause of the blackout may, re- may be revealed before the end of season one. Kripke said that the show's writers are still discussing how early to reveal why the lights went out, but there's a distinct possibility we'll know before the first season ends. I, I think they're changing their minds on that, because I remember <laughs> when we did the preview episode, Eric Kripke has said that they will reveal it. Yeah. So apparently they're uh, they're like, oh, this show's doing well, so let's not reveal let's not it reveal until it. Let's later. Let's keep the suspense going. <laughs> yeah. But, but he also that. says he would prefer that the that the answers get that the questions get answered quickly. Um, he said, answer a question and then open a door to the whole other big room. As for what will be the big room, Kripke, Kripke promised that the truth about the cause of the blackout leads directly to a bigger and scarier mystery. Oh. All right. And then his comment about killing off Maggie, he says, I sort of had a I sort of have a bad habit in a show of killing off people that I love. And I think Maggie was one of those. We decided internally early on that it was really important to show that this world had very real sh- stakes and that it was truly dangerous because you're not close to hospitals, you're not close to paramedics, you're not close to help. We were very quickly realized that the scariest thing we could do was to kill off the group among themselves. Yeah. So. But he was sad to have Maggie go, and we all were sad to have Maggie go. So yeah. I miss Maggie. I miss the British accent. <laughs> Daryl, Daryl definitely shed a tear last yeah, yeah. week. Shed a tear for my homie. And happy birthday to Zach Orth, who plays Aaron. It's his birthday today. Aww, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday Whoa. That Super actually costs sexy. money to sing to. Right, yeah, that does actually cost a lot of money, apparently. So I believe Kristen has some sociology. I do. Put on my glasses. Apparently, I'm the only one with their glasses today. <laughs> I left my shades in the car. I have Sociology. Here we go. I brought nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, a question has surfaced. Is society evolving or devolving or both? And some things that I've been reading on the internet was that society is evolving, but individuals are actually devolving, which kind of makes sense because the average Joe is more over-reliant on technology than Mm -hmm. ever before. The more we evolve and modernize our way of living, we do consequently forget the values of our fundamental needs and and well-being. Are we falling to bad habits? Um, We're more exposed as a society now, and we're kind of being looked at under a microscope. And I don't know how well we're adjusting. Uh, There's a huge distance between us and all the work that goes into making things possible. When we simply hand over money for something, instead of sweating for it, we lack appreciation and understanding, which used to humble people. If if you've spent all day making your kitchen table, I mean, you're going to respect that table. And today we just hand over money or plastic cards for everything. So what do you guys think? Do you think society is evolving or devolving? As far as that last point, I definitely agree. When you earn something, Mm -hmm. especially I found for myself, if I've earned something, no matter how dumb it is, I care so much more about it. Even if it's a dumb little trinket or something, it's just like since I somehow put my time and effort into it, it means a lot more. And those are kind of the things I treasure more so than the things that might be more expensive that I just happen to buy. But as far as society evolving slash de-evolving, I think it depends on a personal basis what you consider to be an evolution. Yeah, I agree. So if you think that knowledge is power and knowledge Mm -hmm. is the peak of humanity 
maybe going into space now and things like that whole time, uh, traveling the speed of warp speed that they think might be possible now, um, that we, they might discover in our lifetime, which is incredible, A, but things like that, if you think that stuff is the true evolution, then this new society would be completely de-evolved because we are losing all of the ways that we've evolved in that sense. But if you believe that it's a personal basis for maybe a physical sense, knowing the earth, understanding the earth, understanding how things work, and understanding how to survive on your own without reliance on other things, in that sense, then this new society is the evolution. So I think it just depends on who you are. Like, clearly for Aaron, this is a de-evolution. But right. so it depends. Yeah. On, I think it depends on an individual basis. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I feel like people are evolving this society more spiritually and mentally. Yes, they have to go back and sort of technology has de-evolved, but it, that's sort of what's needed, I feel like, for people to reflect. But it's not just technology, though. With the loss of technology is the loss of knowledge. And I think that was more... I think that's more of the thing because we've seen with mm-hmm. the internet today things like what happened in Egypt with ev- a couple of years back with everyone overthrowing the government because of the internet everyone sharing knowledge with e- with each other mm-hmm. knowledge really has been a way for power even like the bible back in old days when it was translated from latin to english was when the mm-hmm. people finally had power right. and had a say back in medieval times which was a huge thing so it's kind of that sense of technology and that was because of the techno- technological advance of the paper press. That's what made that possible. So technology really is, in a sense, knowledge, and knowledge brings power. So I think it depends on if you think that it is true power and I what you believe it is. I guess we're just abusing it in the wrong ways because for knowledge, yes, definitely, and communication. But now, I mean, people are breaking up with people on their uh, by text message. Right. Yeah. And people are totally reliant on like going to college as that'll get you a good job rather than hard work. And they are like crushed with their debt and there's little hope and we're all alienated from our food supply and we crop dependency and we rely so much on chemicals it's like i mean i completely agree with you to that extent too it's just definitely (laughs) we're just going on (laughs) i I completely you guys have a point do you guys are you guys part of are you guys part of the problem or (laughs) what do you guys think are you part of the problem with society Am I part of the problem or yes. part of the solution? Your solution. <laughs> I don't know. Are you? Some solution and my my contacts are a little drying out, so I apologize. <laughs> We're not going to have contacts if I'll this make, happens. I'll, I would be blind. <laughs> I'll make one final point on this, which is that with every knowledge and technological gain, there's going to be positive points and negative points. And as you pointed out, some of the very negative points, like text message breakups, over-reliance <laughs> on Facebook and social media, which has some a lot of good things, mm-hmm. but a lot of really negative things, and just staying For home sure. and not being a community around people around. People aren't talking anymore. Yeah. In moderation or use the correct way. It just it depends on the person and how they decide to use it. I mean, Facebook on the one hand, yeah, it's a bad thing. On the other hand, my whole family is in Chicago. It's the easiest way for me to talk to them. Same. Yeah, and Skype as we saw with yeah. um with Maggie in the last week's episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really making people though be individuals and not um, unite as a society. I feel like now with all this, we can be interdependent from everything. We don't have to farm together. We don't have to work together for anything. And so we've got all these independent people and everyone sort of 
the rise of independence rather than working together, which I think will be our downfall. We have been, this generation, our current generation, has been considered to be the selfish generation. It's the me <laughs> I would gen- agree with it's that. It's considered the me generation because everybody's mm-hmm. thinking me, 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 me. So it's exactly what you were saying. And and it's the generation of not knowing as much hard work as we were kind of saying earlier. It's like the if we look at our parents, they worked hard, you got a good job, you did whatever, but this generation expects that th- these things will happen naturally. You right. don't even necessarily have to work they hard. Just to come to you. It should just come yeah, to you. I, I just deserve it. All right, so guys, let's move on then. Sorry, right. I was kind of talking a lot there. No, I this think is a good point. Good discussion. No, good point. I discussion. I mean, that's that's the high concept that this show has provided us. That's what's yeah. making me think of these things. So, applause for the show writers. Yeah, I mean, great job. I think Go that revolution. you guys are asking all the audience members to reflect. Definitely a lot of great questions. I mean, especially the initial thing which we talked about in the preview show, just electricity going out and just in general and how much that would affect everything Mm -hmm. and how much we rely on it. But let's go to the commenters. And guys, we love getting your comments. Thank you so much for commenting on YouTube. We had CTR Sarge, Raptos, The Trippinera, Master Bobby One, Rogue Forms, <laughs> Nas CR, Yenderophany, Miguel Sheltmeet, Dave W3B, Mackenzie Cycle 789, and Beautiful Reads. On iTunes, we had Kyle Lamke, Mad Mimi 60, and Murph 71, Inez R. And I want to talk about a couple of the comments. Beautiful Reads said, I think they killed off Maggie in order to push Miles into a more parental role. I agree and, with that. Yeah, and that's I think actually Kristen commented on that last week. You you commented on that how it's kind of like to pass on the role to somebody else. Yeah, and definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave W three B said walking. Are there no bicycles left? There, I mean, there hasn't been. And I'm just That so was can, a good point when I saw that one. Yeah, just so I can reiterate my point about the ship, people are like, oh, Kristen's retarded. What, what is she going to do, meet people? No, I meant that, like, she would get on a ship. She's all the way up in the corner of Seattle, Washington. If she could find a ship along the coast there, it'd make much more sense to sail down through the Panama Canal than take the risky road of walking 3,000 miles because we haven't seen any bikes in this world. The ships that work, though, would be so risky. Ships used to be really deadly and risky. But if that's your goal, I just feel like I think her goal is quickness, though. I think the I think the goal is speed, though. Walking, though, you think that that would be faster? They had horses. Taking a boat all the way south around an entire continent. I think it'd be safer. Who knows if the Panama Canal would even work? That might run on electricity now too. Okay, still, I I guess I'm just like a pirate, and I just wanted her to get to the ocean. But I agree. If there's a bike, yes. If you watched the preview episode, (laughs) Kristen's a pirate, and that's all she ever thinks about. Swashbuckle on a bike. She is a pirate. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> but regardless, the thing with bikes, though, is we're seeing it, they're always walking on land, too. Like, they don't have roads, and bikes don't really work as well unless you have a road. That's a good point. So I think that's kind of why we're not seeing it as much. If you had a road, it would make sense. Yeah. Uh, let's get to iTunes comments. Uh, Inez R. said, why do people join the militia? She wants, she's wondering, and she's asking us, people like fake Nate. Well, we found out because Nate is, or Jason is... The son of Tom Neville. Well, that's I why. mentioned briefly with Jeremy, I think I wonder if they were trying to save people. And of course, a lot of them, the beginning militia people were ones that they saved. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mm-hmm. think that there may have been a, some type of form of people felt like they needed to join a group to be safe and to survive. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the militia as well at some point. So I think that mm-hmm. that's part of it. Yeah. Too. I mean, I think I think it was something where, especially when Miles founded it, it was mandatory. Yeah. It was like we needed this because people were resorting to cannibalism and all yeah. these horrible things. Th- atrocities and it was something like we just need some sort of military presence and some sort of rules for people and guidelines but moving on Kyle Lamke and he told us the pronunciation thank you Kyle uh, he's saying 
asking, is Philadelphia the new capital of the country? Maybe Monroe is trying to get rid of the old ways by having, instead of Washington, D.C., Philadelphia is now the capital. And that is where he's hanging out. And I think that makes a lot of That's sense. That's a good point. I definitely... also saw on the map that they had when he when Monroe was talking to John, There's it's broken up into different sections, too. So maybe yeah. that was the easiest section. I couldn't tell from the map. Mm-hmm. As well, but I think that's a great point too, is to try to get away but, from the old. But but there was fighting in St. Where, Louis. Yeah, we found out there was something else I read in the comments. Someone mentioned how last episode was called Plague Dogs, and they never explained the plague part. And if you guys remember, Aaron actually got bit. So are we going to see him develop a disease or sickness from being bitten by those dogs? Because it was titled Plague You're Dogs. Right. right. I think it was just more the idea. The whole episode was just centered around diseases. So I think it's just mm-hmm. like what if you get rabies from a dog? What if you get tetanus from stepping on That's a true. a nail? So mm-hmm. I think it was just that whole it's idea. A combination of things. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see that Him happen. foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Zombies are Zombie. coming. Zombie! It's gonna happen. Well, there's a sick part well, if we go into uh, predictions. Well, let's go to predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Transition happened. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. You start us off. I was waiting for you. Oh, sorry. Um, Well, because they talk about that we see Charlie, I believe it was, needed penicillin. And so they have to go trade with this guy uh, about that. For Nora. Nora It's for Nora. Excuse me. For Nora. But Charlie ends up in there. And she looked like she had a black eye a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... You're kind of seeing, well, maybe there's still some medicine left and what you have to do to, to get that. <laughs> I heard that what episode's you're have called to do. Sex and Drugs, so <laughs> that leaves something to be desired. Well, that is what apparently the trade was. I want Charlie if I give you Nora or the penicillin. Sex for drugs. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is a prediction I, if we're not going to see it next episode, but just the fact that they were talking about that other republics around there have been fighting the Monroe one. I think that's going to come up in this season two. We're going to see a battle from another from another yeah. republic. From another mother. Um, I'm kind of excited to see that. I want to see what those people live like. Yeah. yeah I want to, like, I hope that we really get to see some tribal unit because I'm sure, like, clothes eventually became scarce. And I want to see some people with, like, some painted faces and, like, some ripped clothing or maybe they made their own stuff. Like, I want to see the cultural decline yeah. in some of these rebel groups. And some guerrilla tactics going on. That's fine, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I, we see that their their tease was that Miles is going to have to make a decision, Nora or Charlie. I think Miles is going to pull through and save both. So that's my prediction. Miles because is pull he's through both, and save both part of the militia and not part because of the militia. Ma- because like we found out Miles is just good at killing people who end up killing everybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that it's a good tease, but I think he's going to end up saving both yeah. somehow. I think so, too. Well, yeah. my prediction is that now that we've finally revealed that Nate a.k.a. is Jason, I think that there's going to be a transition where he becomes a rebel and p- totally pulls from the militia. Yeah. And fight and goes against his father. Who do you guys think have the other pendants? Do you think it's all just with... Algebra teachers. Algebra teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's an algebra teacher. Grace was an algebra teacher. So, oh. Wow. Algebra wow. teachers. High-flying algebra teachers wow. there. <laughs> Maybe just Randall has all of them so far, except for those final ones. Something I'm really noticing is this show, there's so much more than meets the eye here. Like, I 
I didn't realize that Rachel had such a big part of it. And here she was, you know, drawing up plans the whole time. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what her involvement was in it. And Randall and Grace and the whole collide with Miles and Monroe. This show is suddenly like everything has come to surface and is colliding and all the relationships are finally colliding as well and it's just so much drama now and yeah. i'm really excited for next week's episode except for too. i guess we have to wait two yeah weeks. it's gonna be two weeks yeah, unfortunately and with that let's wrap that up so guys we will see you in a couple weeks puzzle pieces are finally coming together mm-hmm. cannot wait for two weeks from now when we get to hopefully find out even more and guys once again i'm dave klein you can find me at twitter at the dave klein that is k-l-e-i-n or at djk-online.com and i'm Kristen carroll and you can find me on twitter at the fan f-a-n two c-t-o-s-e-e I'm Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and you can Bing my blog, Cinematic Escape, if you liked what I had to say, uh, if you don't do it anyway. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Cinematic Escape as well. I'm Dariel Kristen. You can find me under my name, D-E-R-R-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-T-O-N. And I also have, am now doing after blog, uh, the Revolution After Blog, so check that out on our AfterBuzzTV.com nice. nice. site. So, Well done, Dariel. See you guys in two weeks. Two weeks. (laughs) From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 